Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hey, Rush Nation, before we get to today's show, which is an absolute banger, trust me on this, I want to tell you about the Fantasy Football Playbook. Murph and I have been working really hard. Blood, sweat and tears have been pushed into our first publication. It's a book about fantasy football. Shock, this is a fantasy football podcast, but it's got strategy guides for all formats, rookie player profile reviews, Murph's PAS metric, which is exclusive to the podcast and the book. Head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk into the shop and go buy yourself the Fantasy Football Playbook. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Can't hear you. <laughs> I heard Rush Nation, that was it. Still can't hear you, now I can hear you. There we go. Five you've got a loose connection or something? I don't know. My son has found my microphone. It could be anything. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? We're back. It's Tuesday. We've got ourselves a returning guest who's been on, I don't know now, it, it feels like five or six times, and every time it gets better and better and better. I will describe the uh, studio background they have behind them because it's leveled up. But before we get to them, big man, how you doing, buddy? All good. Good to be back. Uh, gutted to miss last week. Uh, you know, I leave you alone for two episodes, one of which with Chris Harris was absolute fire. And then the other, I leave you where you're starting to buy AJ Green again. It's just like, man, I never really got it. Like, I, never, I, th- I... I thought we had just we just solved this problem that you can't buy more AJ Green because he just doesn't play. He's like, it's just, you just. No, he's care. not. He sat out yesterday. No, 
practice him today. I, I messaged him this morning. We've we've sorted it out. He's going back to practice. I think I bought him again after that as well. So no. Really, yep. Sorry. Seriously, man. I'm going to start an AJ Green anonymous, and you're well, going to you be the principal. Get him to go. If you can get no. him to go. He doesn't need to be anonymous for himself because he's already anonymous. But, I mean, we just get other people like you that have a clear AJ Green addiction. Uh, Mike Taglier can join because he very much has got the same sickness as you. And the two of you, (laughs) along with other people, can learn from rational people. I assume Lauren is in my camp here that you just don't draft AJ Green unless it's like the 10th, 11th round and he's just there and floating around. Fine, take a dart. I don't mind. But drafting him as your wide receiver too is just bonkers it's absolutely not my, bonkers i'm not drafting him as my wide receiver two all right wide receiver three still bonkers nope you're any wrong. starting spot is just just don't draft AJ Green. well listen, but anyway I, I felt like it was important that i came on here and just rectified the balance because there was a lot of aj green love um you know we have a pretty reasonable smart fan base and i feel like we've got to level off but enough about the aj green because we have a guest on board who has just been absorbing all of this well you leave me, you we leave me in charge and stuff gets out of hand that's just <laughs> what happens that's how it goes Murph. you should so know i that. just felt it was necessary to come and write the write the ship the good old uh, sss championship all the way to glory <laughs> Okay, okay. Enough AJ Green. Let's get to today's guest. So the last time well, she's on, you know, you blew it with mentioning her name. Uh, the, the intro's all gone. It's the first lady of fantasy football. Last time she was on, she was only writing for three places. Now it's like 15. It's fantasy footballers, it's fantasy pros, and now Roto World, everybody's favourite stepmom. Lauren, welcome back. How are you doing? Oh, great. Thank you so much for having me back. I was digging this whole AJ Green intervention. This is fantastic. I mean, at least because you're like you didn't draft him as your wide receiver too. You didn't draft him as your wide receiver three, so that only leaves your wide receiver one. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine oh, with that. Man. Yep. I'm all aboard. <laughs> and, and when it blows up, Murph, I can just get my one flag and I'll be waving it like Dumbo with that little flag and it'll be yeah, AJ Green baby all day. <laughs> we had this last year. We shared a team. You drafted him, and it didn't work. And I was like, cool. This is it now. This is the end of AJ Green. You yeah. know, if this was 2000 and one which is probably when he <laughs> was playing How when he was like you? when he was like 27 then Shut you know because he is he is like 64 um, not... him, him and frank gore <laughs> entered the league at the same time uh, i'm incorrect. sure of it absolutely incorrect <laughs> frank gore is way older than him but he's like 364 listen we don't own aj green together i've i've separated my love for him separately so when he blows up it's all on me and you can and when he doesn't, you can say stocks, I told you. But at least you've not been hurt by it. That's... Well, at least I can, get a, I can get in touch with Andy Holloway from the Fantasy Footballers. I think he might be a part of your AJ Green fan club. So you're not I'm, alone. I'm building. If this was basketball, I've already got three great people. I only need two more and we're five on five. <laughs> yeah, cool. I've got, I've got the whole field pretty much. <laughs> yeah, but you can only field so five. You can only field five. Anyway, I mentioned Lauren's studio. It's uh, it's a little more bougie now. She's got herself a proper mic rig, and uh, just over her left shoulder or right, as you look at it, there's a fireplace. I mean, WTF? That was not there last time. Well, no, it wasn't there last time. So last year, though, I would go live on Instagram, and then on that. It actually, I think it was mostly Twitter. I can't remember. That feels like a long time ago, <laughs> but I would, I had an old one that was super cool. This one is very bougie. It actually changes colors and like, I can get it to do like different things. It's super fun. Um, but I had fireside Friday every, uh, Friday 
obviously. And we would, I would answer starts and sits and all that for the upcoming weekend. And so the bougie fireplace was kind of part of that. So I had to upgrade because the old one was no bueno. Cause if anyone doesn't know, I live in Florida. I have absolutely <laughs> no need for a fireplace whatsoever at all. So of course I have an electric one here that changes color because who doesn't want a purple fire? Come on people. Let's go. So, and plus it turns blue, turns turquoise, turns pink. I mean, come on. It's freaking awesome. And but- it's more useful than AJ Green. I, exactly. I mean, and I can make it blow heat if I wanted to, but again, I live in Florida, but my old fireplace was like, it was so cheap that when you turned it on, it automatically turns on full blast heat. And I Whoa. have a small office. So the remote, <laughs> the only way to turn it off heat was to like press and hold the remote. And then the remote broke. So I had no way of turning the heat off of my old fireplace. So I was like, you know what? It's time to upgrade. I So I did. And I have a little stag right over there. I got him in Colorado when we went. And I, no Drew Lock, you know, paraphernalia could be found, which I was very upset about. But I got him instead. His name is Aloysius. I can't believe you didn't buy Drew Lock socks. I know. I live in Florida. I never wear shoes. Ever. Say, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. we, Lauren, Lauren and I were messaging while she was in Denver and she said, the only thing I can find is Drew Lock socks and they're yeah. no good to me. And and the sports guys looked at me, like the places who, like people who own these, you know, sports places looked at me like I had two heads. Like, why are you asking about Drew Lock? I'm like, he's your starting quarterback. <laughs> why do you not have stuff? Like, come on. Like, we have socks. I'm like, that's great. That's right. That's socks. a, that's a <laughs> sore like, point for me. I'm going to be like a ninja with flip-flops and socks on. It's like, I mean, I feel like a ninja, but I don't need to rock those toes. That's ridiculous. I feel like sports <laughs> merchandising has just been terrible this year. I ordered the Tom Brady Tampa jersey in April, the first week of April. It's now September. I still don't have it. I'm told it's coming on uh, the 111th day of September. Hmm. That was the official email I got. I sent it out on Twitter, of course, 111th day of September. So, yeah, we'll wait and see on that one. <laughs> oh, that's awful. I thought my my luck was bad. I tried to order some dumbbells. Like, everyone is it, – it, they're extinct. They're like Sasquatch <laughs> right now. Like, you can't find free weights. And all I have are five pounds, and I've got my husband's 10 pounds that are like the big barbell ones. So I look like I'm lifting 50 pounds a piece, but I'm not. It's only 10. So I look very aggressive, but I can't like do maneuvers with these gigantic dumbbells. And I finally found them and they're going to be delivered in like a month. I hope. Just wait, wait. Oh, or you can just wait until flea markets next year where all of these dumbbells, exercise bikes, treadmills that everyone has bought whilst being at home. I know. Will be, will be thrown out. We call them, um, we call them. Uh, car boot sales here or garage sales a similar sort of thing but actually in here in the uk what we do to get rid of our trash is we go to more than likely a school um on a sunday uh you get up at like four in the morning you take your you take your car and you fill your trunk up with all the junk that you want to sell um and then you sell it out of your car oh that sounds yeah. illegal here <laughs> it, should yeah. be, it should be illegal here it's an absolute <laughs> ridiculous sport I, i've sport. yet to i've yet to find anyone that's made any money doing that because no. you've got to pay to enter you've got to pay for the field then there's your teas your coffees your breakfast and you only sell things for like 10p a go which yeah. is like oh, wow which is like 15 cents yeah but, that's that's <laughs> so ridiculous you, you, pay, like, you, pay like <laughs> <laughs> you have to pay like 40 pounds for this and i don't I, know anyone that's ever made money out of one of these I do blame I do play, blame stocks though because while we were waiting an exorbitant amount of time for stocks to you know join us right mm. Murph we were waiting for him for a while I bought one hundred fifty dollars worth of pants 
I live in Florida. I don't need pants. So now I'm going to have to completely gut my closet to justify purchasing stupid pants, which I am very excited to get. But we're taking our old stuff to Goodwill to like give away that, you know, they sell at Goodwill and, you know, all that stuff. We don't like take them to schools. (laughs) Like piracy. I mean, the children aren't buying it. It's just the schools let out their land for... Yeah, it's like on Sunday. It's just, it's just brilliant from the school's perspective. Yes. It's, it's how the schools get some extra money, you know. Like. Note to self, sell driveway. <laughs> it, yeah, between 6 and 8 a.m. it is legit sport. People fight over old wares out of people's yes. trunks. It's oh. horrendous. Like it 1950s is. Tupperware? Right on. Uh, it's, they it's don't make them like they that. used to. No, they do not. <laughs> We, don't. we have we have massively digressed, which I, I think is a phenomenal asset. So, <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, it's it's more me than anything. But um, one thing you we mentioned, you're writing for a lot of new publications. It seems to me that 2020 is not the year of COVID. It's the year of stepmom Lauren, because you are blowing up right now. Like every podcast I listen to, you're on it. You're you're in every mock draft I listen to or watch <laughs> or whatever. I'm like ah yeah. So you you really like it, this year has been like massive for you, hasn't it? Off season especially like uh and like what's been going on? Because yeah, we mentioned you're writing for Voter World and and Fantasy Pros, but like how is all this happening? I mean like I have no what? idea. I don't <laughs> know. It's crazy. Um, so I was actually approached by Roto World, which was very exciting. I almost fell out of my chair, which I actually did tell the director. He's like, well, have you ever heard of Roto World? I'm like, let me just give you an idea. I fell out of my chair when I saw you that messaged me. Very professional, I know. Uh, but yeah, it ended up working out. And I already have one article uh, published for them. It's about offensive lines, just kind of getting my feet wet and writing for them, which was really cool. So um, then just getting invited onto podcasts, which I love to do. I love to talk about fantasy football. I love to get to know other people in the industry. I love, you know, continuing communication. Like I love being on here with you guys. It's so much fun. So that just kind of has exploded. And the 2020 Roto World mock draft was very interesting. I've never been in a mock draft like that before in my life. Like, I mean, the definition of tilting is being in a draft like that. It was crazy. Like, LaVisca Chenault went, like, the sixth round. I'm like, what is happening right now? I don't know what to do. So then Josh Norris brought, like, myself, uh, JJ Zacharyson, and Denny Carter on at the end because we were supposed to have these brilliant insights on late-round picks, but they were already gone. So we were just like, uh... I don't know. We'll just go with this guy. Why not? It was just, oh man. Turned out pretty well though, but it was very exciting. It's been super fun and super busy. And I have been working on taking naps to like keep my energy up. That's like what it's, I'm like, I'm officially adding naps into ever like into my to-do list. Like I have, I'm very, very anal when it comes to making lists and I have naps in my list because if I don't, I will be dead by like 7 PM, like dead comatose. I, I can't deal with this. Not only is Lauren all over fantasy football, she now has naps in her diary. Is there anything better <laughs> than having a nap scheduled into your diary? I can't even I get six to. hours in the middle of the night and Lauren has naps in her diary. Yeah. I'm done. I'm I out. also I, don't I, have I, I young children. <laughs> I don't have young children. So that is a good thing. And I also own my own business and I work from home. So I do have that flexibility in my schedule. So I will like huff lunch down my face in like five minutes and then do the rest of my hour long lunch break. I'm on the couch, like taking a snooze. And then I wake up one o'clock and I'm just, let's go. Cause you guys know me. I run at 3000 miles an hour. Anyway, that is exhausting. 
for like a full day. So I have to like <laughs> recharge, you know, I got to plug in, recharge the battery, you know, like a nap is like a lightning cable for your, you know, iPhone or smartphone, which, whichever one you use. That's a dream. Very, very I handy. Miss, I listen, I miss naps. So I'm just jealous. Why did I hate them as a child? This is what I don't understand. I'm like, they're yeah. glorious. Why? Uh, love it. I love a nap. Yeah. I love yeah, that. And, and talking of being everywhere, Lauren, you were in the FFCC and you were in my division and you asked me for tips on Superflex strategy. So I'm just saying if you win it, oh, I had a help in that. I, and I will gladly give you all of the accolades. I'm not <laughs> in very many Superflex. Um, I think this year was the year I was in the most, um, which actually I'm going to be in another one with Liz Loza this Sunday, which I'm very, very excited about. Superflex is a different animal. It's a very different animal. And coming from someone who really likes to wait on quarterbacks, can't do that in a super flex. And I got myself into some hot water with a couple other leagues I'm in that are dynasty leagues that I am struggling at the quarterback position. So I have to be able to. Yeah, we're, we're trying to do a trade at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I actually do like my quarterbacks in that one. I just kind of want to get a little bit more depth in that. And I'm, I'm a very win now kind of person. So I don't mind giving up my first round picks if it's fair. You know what I mean? That's, I am, like for anyone out there, if you send me a crap trade, we're not friends. I hate that. <laughs> I hate it so much. Like, there's one thing of being, like, devious during draft day. That is expected. And that is applauded in my view. But you send me trash trades, no, we're done. I'm not even talking to you anymore. It's stupid. Respect the sanctity of the trade. It should be a win-win for both parties. None of this, like, dude, I totally hosed you on that trade. You know what? I'm out. (laughs) That is the dumbest thing ever. I hate that. Like, who won the trade? You both should have won the trade. That is how trades are supposed to be done. In my opinion. Well, we did send a counter. I spoke to Gary. We needed a little more than your first. So it's in there for you to review at some point. Oh, totally cool. I've been looking every day. I'm like, have they countered yet? Have they countered no, we yet? counted. Gary counted, yeah. I think. Yesterday. I mean, and that's that's how it's supposed to be done. You counter but what works best for both parties. You know, what's comfortable for me may not be comfortable for you. So we go back and forth. Absolutely. Ugh. And it means we have to keep MVP Mitch on our roster, which is interesting. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's who we were trying to deal with originally. But anyway. I, know, I, I know, but you know, hey. Well, we picked him in the last pick of the draft. You're going to have to try and ship him. But I want to move on to a more I don't, I, serious topic. And I appreciate we've done a lot of laughing. So I want to change lanes a, a little bit here. And, you know, I'm not going to bring up um, the person in particular because I don't think that person deserves any, any airtime beyond what's happened. But the fantasy football world came under a bit of scrutiny recently. Someone quite high profile made some very inappropriate comments um, towards women and then... It's kind of been this, I don't want to say a cloud. I think the industry itself responded quite well. But it has kind of shone a, a little bit of a light in terms of women in in the industry alone talking about, and not just fantasy football, but football in general. We're going broad spectrum, broadcasters, journalists. Um, and I think, you know, having you on, especially in this year where so many, there's so many contentious issues across the world where people just a divided opinion it's kind of been the year to separate the globe i thought it'd be good just to talk and get your insights as 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 a woman trying to break it in the fantasy world not just trying but succeeding in the fantasy football industry with all these opportunities being being given to you i just want to get your kind of view of what it's like to to be a woman trying and succeeding in in getting more exposure and, and getting articles out there like how do you view it? Forget that this person individual is I'm not naming them because they don't deserve to be named and everyone knows who I'm talking about anyway. So I don't want to give any more airtime, but 
it did highlight that actually there is a severe lack of women in fantasy football. And I know you're doing a great podcast with, uh, you know, Faith, yeah. yeah, with Faith and it's fantastic. And, you know, you, you've had some great guests on and it's, and there's been a lot of support for it, which it, and I'm glad it has. And I just want to get your take on sort of why you started doing this. And I appreciate people can go back and listen to you on, on some of our previous episodes, but but also how you kind of feel now, having been here for a while and, and writing for Rota World and, and Fantasy Pros and, and what you would say to women who might have been put off by some of the behavior that they might have seen online or from mm-hmm. people who just write crap um, yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. Um, for me, it I don't know if I maybe have a different perspective. I'm not sure. I mean, I grew up with two older brothers. I played sports my whole life. I love watching sports. I love being competitive. So being competitive, writing about sports in like this kind of fantasy industry we're in was such a perfect fit. Um, I have experienced personally nothing but absolute encouragement, um, welcome. I mean, welcomeness, I don't know if that's even a word, but I mean, with open arms and, and I mean, just an amazing amount of encouragement and support from everybody. And one of the things I love so much about fantasy football is that it's blind. You can be uh, black, white, Asian, female, you know, a, a dog, if you had opposable thumbs and could do it. I don't know. Maybe some dogs are smart enough. I know they're smarter than some analysts out there. Just saying. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I love that fantasy football is like that. Um, but unfortunately, you know, this whole incident that happened, when I first heard about it, I'm not surprised at all. It happens all the time. And I have a personal story, which I won't share, you know, on the air. It's, but I mean, th- this kind of stuff happens to women all the time. And it's just, it's gross and for people who maybe not aren't aware of it, it it's very common. It's very common. And uh, bringing it to light and seeing how many people were like thoroughly disgusted was, was nice. It was like, yeah, it, this it's annoying because it happens constantly. And who knows how many more women were, you know, um, a victim, I shall put it of, you know, this particular person that we're speaking of. Uh, we don't know because, uh, you know, a lot of the times we'll just block it and move on. I mean, I, I get, um, not not a lot, but I get enough of, you know, people, you know, fishing for that kind of stuff in my direct messages. You just block them and move on. You don't really say anything. And, you know, for um, I've only had one or two people really in the, the social atmosphere who have said like, oh, you know, you're a girl. You don't know what you're talking about. Because it's like, really? Did you play football? Because probably not. So how do you know more than I do? Like, you know, so it's it, rarely do I come across it. Um, and as for getting into the industry, I think it goes for anyone, whether you're male or female, you have to try. You have to try to do it. Um, put yourself out there. And unfortunately, in the beginning, it, it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of hard work that you don't get paid for, but you get mm-hmm. your name out there and you develop connections uh, just across the entire industry. And they're indispensable because this industry is so encouraging. Um, I know that there's a lot of haters out there and they say, you know, negative things. Um, I just try not to be any, I don't, I don't, I'm not antagonistic at all. Like I'll, I'll be funny on certain things, but I'm usually very encouraging because that's how I want people to treat me back. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the things I love about fantasy football is that it is a, it's a blind industry. And if, so the, the person we are speaking about actually didn't target any women in fantasy football. It was women outside of fantasy football, Mm. which is pretty interesting. If you think about it from that perspective as well, maybe too scared because, you know, we're a little (laughs) tense, you know what I mean? We can, we can fire back, you know what I'm saying? But um, I, I, I hope it never happens again. Unfortunately it happens all the time. So I wasn't surprised in the slightest as sickening as it is. I was really proud of the response of Me many, mm-hmm. but not all. I think there's a fine line. There was a lot of people that were pushing 
the organization this person worked for. I mind saying Fantasy Pros. Um, and Who I write for too. I, yeah. I mean, I, I actively write for them. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and a lot of people were pushing for them to, and they were planning a boycott. I, I was actually part of a Twitter group. And there was somebody in this group who said, I, and they wrote a tweet saying, I'm going to boycott all Fantasy Pros um, usage, websites, cancel subscription, encourage others to cancel subscription. This was the day it happened. And I was like, look, I, I understand why you're upset. and But an organization not publicly announcing what they're doing doesn't mean that they're not doing anything and they did move pretty swiftly i mean it was they, the same yeah. day i mean it wasn't a long but you have a process you have to follow you a legal have to get process into, yeah. it was it was very very intense behind the scenes and as somebody who writes for them um i did get in touch with our manager who's the manager of the writers and you know he reached back to me. I talked directly to Mike Taglier. I talked directly to Kyle Yates. I talked to all of these guys and they're like, no, don't worry. We're, we're looking into it. We're, we're getting this done, but there's a lot of legal loopholes. And I'll be the first one to say, I was mad that something hadn't happened almost immediately. Right. Because it's that knee jerk reaction you get when it's like, Oh, and then, you know, it's, ah, but then you kind of stop and you, and you slow down and you say, okay, you know, Things have to happen in order for them to happen successfully. Otherwise, there can be backlash. And so that's kind of one of the things I had to slow down and be like, okay, no, no, no. This, this, it, they actually, it, it was later that day, wasn't it? So, yeah. I mean, they, it was like, up, you know, it was like seven good. hours. It wasn't a long, a right. long time. And, and they have, you know, you have to do an investigation, you have, and you have to do it correctly. You have to do it above board, you know. So there was a lot that went in the background and they couldn't say anything about it for legal reasons, which exactly. Seems- and I fired people, right? In my previous line of work, I, I fired a significant amount of people. And I understand that there are things that you you have to do in order for it to happen. Because, yeah, you don't want recourse mm-hmm. on yourself or the organization. But more importantly, you don't want that person to – they can always walk away feeling it's unjustified or unfair. But as long as you know that you followed the process correctly and they mm-hmm. had an opportunity to present what their view was and what they were trying to do whether you agree with it right or wrong and you know the evidence was clear as day what happened here but that person still has a right to air their side of the story whether you agree with it or not and you have to follow that process and there was just a a little bit of a not an overreaction because I understood it but a little bit of you know you have to give people some time but I did feel that the, the the strength of support from from everybody was really quite something that it was globally like this is just not okay. And right, and, it's amazing. It was. I amazing thought it was amazing. And then those people that did come out of the woodwork in support of mm. this person. First, I get it, especially if you're friends. Okay, like yeah. get it. But a lot of this was kind of ridiculous. So then you know who to avoid, and it, it just made things very clear for some followers, for some people that I follow that I no longer anymore. Mm. So it just made things a lot clearer because I don't I don't personally need that negativity in my life. I don't need that kind of viewpoint, um, someone looking at me that way. And as a woman, if you are successful in what you do in, let's say, a corporate business, um, you know, you got there because you slept with the boss, you know, or you were hired because you're hot, you know, things things like that. But th- I own my own business. You know, I, I don't I work from home like I'm not in contact at all with the people that I work for in fantasy football. So say what you will. I got here because I work my butt off mm-hmm. and I may or may not be right in my takes, but I have research to back it up. And 
I have a brain that says, you know, one plus one equals like three and a half sometimes because that's fantasy <laughs> football. It's weird. So, yeah. And that's it's, so it's it's different in this industry, which is which I really like to see, like you said, um, people coming together, being disgusted. Um, I think a lot of it was a lot of outrage that it even happened in the first place. It's 2020. Yeah. You know, you think that we're a little bit better than this. We're a little bit smarter than this. But open your eyes, people. Look around. Look what's happening. Look what's happening with social injustice. I mean, it's it's still here. And unfortunately for women, we're so used to it that we don't we don't say anything because it's like, oh, one of these. And then you move on um, when somebody else could be taking this way differently. And it could be a life-changing moment for that person who could be considered a a victim, if I may use that word in this situation, Um, because some people just don't know how to do that or they haven't approached it yet. Maybe this person was super young. What if, you know, what if this was sent to like a 17 year old or an 18 year old, you know, these are things that are wrong and and just fundamentally wrong. So I, I, I agree. I really like how the industry did bounce back. And for those people who, you know, didn't agree or I know not to be a part of their, you know, have them be a part of my life. Yeah, and I think I think we're the same. You know, we we put out. You know, this person was a guest on our podcast. We deleted that podcast from public view. I loved your response, by the way. Thank you. Loved it. Um, loved it. We felt it was something that was necessary. Um, it's a different, and unfortunately for us, it was the second time in in three months we had to do something like this. Sad, and the first, it? really mm. sad. And the first first was due to racist remarks. Uh, I guess a personal friend of mine, um, which really didn't sit well with me. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's a really difficult situation when you, because we can't be, you know, we don't, we don't make money out of this to, as a second job kind of thing. Like we do this as a hobby, but at the same mm-hmm. point, we don't want to be seen to be endorsing views of people and give people like that airtime. Um, but I just, I'm interested to get your viewpoint as someone who, okay, you, you know, you are where you are on on merit, and anybody that says otherwise is—I don't want to hear it because it's dumb. <laughs> Thank you. What do you think needs to happen so that there are more stepmom Lawrence in the world, and <laughs> have more and more people that can have this confidence to start podcasts and to be on social media more and not get the kind of abuse um, because they said that you should start or you should draft Leonard for net and then it gets cut kind of thing. Cause you know, yeah. when that happens, that's going to be far worse for a, a woman to have written that. Unfortunately, I still think that that is the case. I think if you had said to somebody go draft Leonard for net and been cut, I reckon you would have got a lot more abuse than say if stocks and I had written said take, I think we would have got some abuse, but I don't think it would have been anywhere near like if it was, it was you. So I, I mean, how, how do we move forward so that is no longer the case? Like, what can what can people do? And generally, what can people like us do? Who, you know, it's, we're two blokes that host a podcast. Okay, we're not the mainstream, and we don't take ad money from big corporates or anything. But what can we do? Our, our community, our society, do to make this better for for women? To to so we've got more people to talk to. I think you're doing everything you you should be doing. I mean, giving, you know, people like myself, a female, giving them a platform, um, encouraging, like you guys are super encouraging. Um, it, it's, it kind of feel like we're a family, you know what I mean? That's like yeah. what fantasy football does. Um, honestly, I think it's just going to take a little bit of time. 
I think a lot of people do want to hear more female voices. It is refreshing to have a chick talk about something because a lot of times some guys don't, you know, their wives don't necessarily like football or, you know, they don't really want to watch sports because they're into different things. So it is different to take hear a woman's perspective on things because we tend to see things a little differently, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're wrong. But I think it's going to take time and it's going to take more female voices in the industry getting there, having a bigger, a bigger role on TV, um, on in social media, and just creating this so it's not an oddity to see a woman talking about fantasy football. Um, it's actually on Women of Fantasy Football, what I'm, when I'm hosting with Faith, we had two little girls. They're twins. They're five and a half. Their name are Maisie and Rowan. And um, they competed in a league with adults uh their dad helped a little bit um but they won their league and so we actually had them on as guests on our show and scott fish loved it so much he actually gave them the very first um scott fishbowl 11 invite right right there on the podcast and it's and that's a you that's that's our future that's female fantasy players are right there you know that encouragement that like hey get it done you know and like I said, I have two older brothers. I'm very competitive, and there's nothing that I like more than playing a guy sport. Like I was big into soccer, um, baseball, softball when it comes to my thing, and beating people. That's what I like to do. <laughs> I don't care who you are. I want to win, and it's having that kind of mentality. Um, I think that that helps a lot. Um, but I think just seeing more women on TV, on screen, you know, I would love to see a fantasy football show on TV. That's all women. No guys. I mean, Adam Rank, I love you to death. He's like one of my good friends now, but I'd love <laughs> to see just all women just taking it over. You know, that would be super cool. So it becomes, like I said, less of an oddity, less of a novelty and more of like, yeah, okay, for sure. I mean, because amongst my friends, you know, with my husband, I am the expert and they come to me for questions. And it's not like, oh, I have to ask Jeff's wife, you know. It's like, no, I'm asking Lauren because she's an expert at what she does in this industry. I'm calling myself an expert because I do a lot of research. Not that I actually really know all the answers, but I just do a lot of research. (laughs) So, I mean, I would love to see that. But that's good. Like I said, it's going to take time. It's going to take more women getting involved in it. We just don't have the strength and numbers yet. That doesn't mean we won't. Um, strength in numbers will come from less and fewer, fewer people um, put telling us we can't do it. So I, getting that out there, being like, no, you absolutely can. And more young women that see older women like myself, like Faith, like Liz Loza, the Ball Blast girls, Kay Adams on Good Morning Football, the more these young girls like Maisie and Rowan, who are five and a half, see women doing this, the more they say, hey, I want to do that too. I want to be on TV talking about sports. I want to be on the field interviewing these players. I want to be a head coach of that team. Guess what? You can. And it's just, it, it's going to take that encouragement. But you guys are doing everything that you, you can and should be doing, which is having a conversation about it in the first place. Yeah. And I think as well here, especially because we don't necessarily have Good Morning Football on telly or sport programs that have female presenters for American football. I'm talking specifically now. Sky mm-hmm. Sports have just released an NFL channel. It's 24-7, just NFL. And I really? think, and I think yeah. Good Morning Football awesome. is going to be on that as well. It is. So Kay Adams is going to be on the telly. Oh, more, more I hope everyone will... in England is ready to fall in love. Well, there you go. So more people will. Will see, most people will see her. And as we slowly grow and you keep coming on, more people will hear you. And Liz Loza, every time I hear her, she's like incredible. I and love then Steph- Stefania Bell over on the yes. ESPN one. It, it, it will happen. And I just think, it, like you say, it needs time and traction. But when, when I see 
females talking about football on Facebook specifically, that it's always in very niche groups. They never, mm-hmm. they never come out of the, not come out of the woodwork. That's the wrong way, but they never yeah. come out into the sunlight on the big groups. Cause I think it is through fear of persecution or, or being shot down. And when, when you see some of the, the ladies talk on the niche groups about fantasy football, their stuff's as good as men's. Like they, they shouldn't oh, yeah. be it's not better. Yeah. If not, if not better, right. Yeah. Let, let's, let's be honest. Women articulate themselves 125% better than men do. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, we're just bumbling along on a podcast. Whereas yeah, ladies have it down. So I think it, like you say, it just it needs a little bit more time really. Yeah. Yeah. And- I, I commend you guys too. I mean, you guys have always been good friends to me, not just because of fantasy football, but because you're very good people. So I think the more the more podcasts get out, I don't care if it's big or small or whatever, that's more opportunities for everyone to get involved, especially women. And um instilling confidence in people to not care about what haters say is hard. Mm-hmm. Um Especially as a woman, I know myself, I take things very personally. Um, but for some reason with fantasy football, I've developed this like leather hide. Like I am like a triceratops and like nothing penetrates into my sphere of positivity. And if it does, I will get you fired, which has happened before. So don't come at me. <laughs> I love that. You heard it here. <laughs> I'm so mean. Don't. Don't at stepmom, Lauren. At us instead. We'll pass it on in a nicer, more contrite form and see if that works. It's good, no, I, it's good stuff. I appreciate the conversation because I, I think it's it's one that's been on my mind, especially since this has happened. It was why yeah, we were keen to get you on because you are a friend and we've spoken a number of times and felt it was a they're contractually obligated to call me a friend. They are required by podcast rules to say that I am cool. I think Continue. anyone, I think anyone will tell you that that is. I don't play by those rules. I, I, only our friends call people chaise lounges. That's, that's I know. Exactly. That is true. So yeah, and no, bookshelves. <laughs> you have to listen back to the last time Lauren was on to get that reference. And uh, yeah, I, I think it it's a good thing, and I hope that we can get more people on to to talk about this and keep that conversation going because you know. It, there's so many distractions right now football's about to start and we're going to move on to that in a second we've got covid we've got um you know presidential elections in the u.s which is going to dominate the news for the next uh, the next three months and you know <laughs> there's there's so many other issues in the world right now that you know i i saw big strides when me too happened and you started to see women gain some confidence and then you started to get people shaming and me too became uh, a verb that you describe people in a very negative way, which mm-hmm. was disgusting to see. And then now with everything that's happened and, uh, you know, I don't think there should be a hierarchy of, Oh, well this year should be about racism after what's happened with George Floyd. I'm, I'm glad there's a conversation going on and I'm, and I appreciate there's lots of other conversations going on, but we should be still talking about some of these other things like, like women having uh, a larger voice in the media and, and not being shamed for, their takes, their looks, their personality, whatever it is. And, you know, this is why it was it was important that we had this talk because I kind of mm-hmm. just wanted that to to resonate with people who, to say that this shouldn't be, just because it's not an issue visible now that's getting a lot of press, doesn't mean we shouldn't still be having the conversations. Agreed. And I, I, feel, so, I feel so amazed that, for example, let's say that um, someone, a female, is like a reporter or something. And um, let's say she goes through breast cancer and she loses all of her hair. And it's like, okay, well, she may wear a wig or maybe it's just growing back or whatever, and, but she gets fired. 
right now I feel the reaction of that would be absolute horror. Like, mm. no, like utter, you know, outrage and disgust by it when maybe a couple of years ago, maybe as recently as last year would have been like, well, optics, you know, I, I don't know. So I really, I have no idea, honestly. Um, but it's really nice to see that people are outraged, you know, that this kind of stuff is going on. And a lot of people just don't want to believe it. I have a writer friend of mine who was like, I don't believe this. I, I, I know this guy and I, I don't want to believe this. And I had screenshots of what I had been picking up from some other ladies and I sent them to him and he's like, Oh my God, like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, it's real. And it was really hard for him to really come to terms with there. There are actually people like that. Like there's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, ugh. yeah. Yeah. It's it's, just, it, 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 it was similar to the, the black lives matter thing. And George Floyd as being, a privileged white and now male in the conversation we're having it just encourages me to go out and explore personal growth even more and have mm-hmm. a greater understanding of of the world like it's not just a racist or a sexist issue there's mm-hmm. so much more to planet earth that we don't know about ourselves or other people and constant personal exploration should be bigger on everybody's agenda oh, just agreed yeah I couldn't agree more. And I, I mentioned on here when we talked about that, I, I actually didn't want to talk about it for quite a while. And it wasn't, I didn't want it to be seen. There were a lot of people that jumped on the quote unquote bandwagon and they felt they had to say things because if they didn't, they were seen as a racist. And I was like, this is just, I wanted to get my thoughts together. I wanted to read. Right. I wanted to learn. I wanted to understand because you know, it's very different. I feel very comfortable talking about women's issues because I was raised by two strong women, my mother and my sister, both older, mm-hmm. wiser, very smart, intelligent um, individuals. Um, so I've seen firsthand those mm-hmm. issues and challenges that they face, especially my sister. My sister works in um, the public eye. So I see mm-hmm. the kind of messages that she gets. So it's much more comfortable for me to talk about those because like I, I have a point of reference to them that are very personal and very near to me I can't say I've ever suffered racism that any member of my family has ever suffered racism and as much as I can say I can condemn it and you don't know you just right. don't know we don't know unfortunately when and that is why I said that conversation was a very difficult one to have because not because it, it's easy to condemn it but it's harder to try and understand fully the pain whereas this I think is for me personally, a lot easier to talk about because I've seen it my whole life. Right. And you have a connection to it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. And I think a lot of, I think, um, you know, what you were saying stocks about being a, a privileged white male, a lot of what, what is disappearing in, you know, the black lives matter is that if you, if you are a good person and you don't see people for their color of their skin, mm-hmm. then maybe this message is not for you and you don't need to get outraged because of it. Be outraged for it. You know, because there's so much emotion that goes into it that I find that sometimes the translation with certain people is getting lost on what exactly it is that people are fighting for. Um, and it's it's a very difficult conversation to have. Like, I am a heterosexual white female. I mean, I, I can't relate to this in the same way that I can relate to, um, you know, female, you know, injustice, if you will, in the workplace or, you know, from men or from mostly women are actually the meanest to other women. So, I mean, that I can get. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's a tough conversation, but the only time you grow as a person is when you are uncomfortable and when you go outside of your zone. I, you know what? I really wish that wasn't the case because if I like did 10 jumping jacks and I was like, look, I'm a supermodel skinny, that'd be great. No, I have to bust my ass 
and try to lose five pounds and I, you know, smell a cheesecake and I gain it all back. It's <laughs> awful, but it's growth, right? It's uncomfortable. It's painful, but you become better because of it. And the same is in your mental sphere as it is for your physical sphere. Yep. It's all about breaking. It's, it's all about breaking out the box. Cause like you said, the rough stuff happens out of the box yet. People are scared to step out of the box. Mm-hmm. So boxes should be dotted lines as opposed to solid lines. I and like then stuff, that. stuff could go in and out and there'd be no fear of getting out of it. But they're like guidelines. Yeah. I mean, not yeah. even a guideline because a, gu- a guideline dictates where you should go, whereas a dotted line has breaks in it. So you can go in and out at will. Just I like it. Just you be creative. It. I like exactly. it. Exactly. Like I mean, it. you just got to look at us, right? We It was uncomfortable sitting in front of a mic. I mean, there's a line in a Limp Biscuit song that says, well, like a mic pointed at your face like a gun. And this is exactly what you first witness not witness come to to feel when you're doing a podcast like talking into a mic even if you're having a conversation with just your buddy is hella scary like it is when we started this i was opposite my best friend over my kitchen table we were in front of each other and just this little microphone in front of me was horrendously scary it's terrifying when you step at this five yard rush happened because we stepped out our comfort zone so yeah let's do it i know i'm glad it happened yay And so on that note, um, we should talk a little bit about the, the season coming up. It starts in nine days or uh, a week Thursday, depending on when terrified. you're listening to this. So <laughs> you're terrified. I'm so scared. Be- this is the most horrible time in the world for me, y'all. I, I am I'm up at night because I'm like, oh, my God, all of my takes are going to be completely wrong. I had a nightmare last night that everyone shunned me because all of my takes were wrong. But even if they are wrong, I know no one's going to shun me. It's educated guessing for crying out loud. But I'm like, all of this research I've done all off season is all coming to fruition in nine days. I'm scared. And then I just end up taking a nap because I didn't sleep well the night before. But yeah, it's terrifying. I can't I'm wait. afraid to look at the news. I'm like, who's hurt now? Oh, my God. I can't. I, I wish it was tomorrow. In fact, I wish it was just after we finished this podcast that it was started. I, I, as much as I love fantasy football, like you say, this part of the year is emotionally draining. It I is feel, so draining. I feel so stressed. I just want the season to start. And then and then it's just waivers and ads and drops. And, yeah, and starts stuff. and like, sits. Look at the defense. You don't have to have takes. You don't have to pick that one player in round 15 that's going to blow up. And if you didn't, everyone was, oh, we didn't pick him. It's like, come on, guys. Everyone's had takes since April because of COVID. It's, it, it's just... Please start now, NFL. I know, I know that there's still. No, I feel like I have scattered my takes like across. I've like sprinkled my takes across every NFL team in some deep position or another, in the inevitable chance that one of them like breaks out. I'm like, see, I told you so. I was it's like the one thing I got right. (laughs) I'm like, Dan Arnold's gonna be a stud. See, I told you so. Got a long line fishing with 37,000 hooks. One of them is going to catch One of them is going to yeah. catch something. Hope it's not a treat. Sorry, Murph. Carry on. <laughs> no, I, no need. Listen, I'm still in my victory lap world of uh, telling people not to draft Leonard Fournette and to take Raquel Armstead in, with a late round flyer everywhere. And we made a joke, right, with the For Love of Sundays guys or For the Love of Sunday guys uh, that came on. And we, I said, in jest that we should get Raquel Armstead up to an eighth round ADP. Like, cause you know how every year there's, there's always a player that, that last year was Dante Pettis is always somebody who, who gets all this fake hype, even though they're not really any good. Uh, and they get up into that eighth, ninth round ADP. And I was like, well, look, I think Raquel Armstead is, is a decent pick. I think he's someone who might overtake 
uh, Fournette at some point in the season. But let's be honest, he's not ever really worthy of an eighth, ninth round pick. Let's try and get him up. And he did his ADP did rise a little bit, and then we kind of silenced it. And then now it's going to skyrocket. It's going to so. skyrocket. I've I've been off the Leonard Fournette train for the last mm. oh gosh, like two years. I think one of my very first articles for the fantasy footballers were three potential bus candidates, and Leonard Fournette was one of them. I just he meh you know it's just I think he's going too early people draft him too high and now you know look where it's at you know they said oh it's only on-field issues you know on-field production not off-field issues it's like he didn't he like insult Gardner Minshew <laughs> he did a lot of things he got in a like, punch up with teammates in a game and he's done a lot of things and yeah now he's gone you know I think they couldn't I, trade they couldn't trade him away either I mean, come on, that's gotta be a round. blow <laughs> to the ego you know like nobody wants you like that sucks mm. yeah that is quite bad. And, and yeah. you know, I, I've always said I would never take Leonard Fournette before the seventh round. Always said it. So n- no way until like, until he falls into like the seventh, eighth round, I couldn't even have a conversation about it. And, you know, we, we are where we are with that. But, you know, we're about to head into, we just had one of the biggest draft weekends of the season. We're about to head into another one. So, you know, as the queen of late round flyers, um, who are some, who are some players that, um, our listeners who have their live drafts this weekend should be circling in their um, fantasy football playbooks or whatever uh, resource that is yes, inferior love. to our book <laughs> out there that they should be circling um, and taking with with some late round darts. Let's go, say, seventh round or later. Some okay. people that people should be circling and saying, right, that that's who we should be taking. I have so many. I have Good. so many. Okay. So for the quarterback position, if anyone has followed me at all, or if you have it, now you know. Um, Matt Stafford is the quarterback, my late round quarterback of choice. I think he's going anywhere between the 10th and the 12th round. Um, in two quarterback leagues, it's going to be earlier. I'm talking about a single quarterback league. I absolutely love Matt Stafford. He was on pace to just annihilate passing volume records, including Mahomes and Lamar Jackson's passing volume uh, with like over 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns. But I mean, the man hasn't been off the field since 2011. It literally took a broken back for him to get off the field. And then he's like, no, let me back on. They're like, you're missing vertebrae. This is a problem. <laughs> no. He's like, I can do it. They're like, no. So yeah. So he, I am very excited about him. I love his weapons. Um, Kenny Galladay earlier round, which I think is fantastic. Uh, speaking of the lions, go get yourself some shares of Marvin Jones. He is the value King in every single draft. Hard to decide when to start him, so we'll come to that bridge when we cross it during season. But I, I never hate to have a share of either Kenny Galladay or Marvin Jones. Kenny Galladay is a lot more expensive. TJ Hawkinson is also another one I like. DeAndre Swift is the late one for the Lions that I really like, too. Um, well, Carrion Johnson is already hurt. So there's that. He's Stacks is shaking his head at me. Whatever. He's like, I'm wearing a knee brace. He's to a, feel he's better a, about my life. Like, he's okay. a Karen Johnson truther. I love Karen Johnson. Don't get me wrong. No, but no. let's be honest here. I mean, DeAndre Swift is going to be involved in the passing game. You no, know, because like, he's, so... he's missed time. And don't be hating on knee braces, y'all. That thing's holding me upright. <laughs> I've got my copper fit compression socks. I feel you. <laughs> love it. I don't actually. The, <laughs> The one advantage to all of these Lions players, and this is something you don't hear all that often, but something I think is really crucial when you're thinking about Marvin Jones, for example, 
as your sort of tight end or wide receiver three and, and TJ Hawkinson is maybe your backup tight end, which is where you yes. can draft him now. If you're going to draft a backup tight end is that their buy is really early. Like it's week five. So you have the opportunity to get their buy out of the way. And then yes. this is where they were perfect by replace uh, by week replacement. If you're going to stash a player like that, because they do, because their buys out the way, it's nice and early. Yes. They're going to be there to cover all the other buys. And that's, what makes you know those players even slightly more attractive because when you're thinking of your season and you're panning it out there you know the only other team they clash with is is the packers for their buy um and i you know marvin jones is a good fit on on any roster he yeah he's going in the eighth round i don't understand it i think he's he's a yeah, sixth round player for an eight round it. price yeah <laughs> it's amazing keep him there keep him there and, um, and but, I know he's got injury problems and he's getting a bit older, but as you say, with the volume there, they don't run the ball that often in, in Detroit. I think it's, it, it well, makes they, sense. They that, can't, they, they're always playing from behind and Matt Stafford is the king of the fourth quarter comebacks. He leads the NFL in it, you know, so they're going to be throwing the ball. Like, don't, don't worry about that. Yeah, absolutely. So on the other late rounds too, um, I love Deontay Johnson this year, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, in 2018, Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger led the league in passing volume. I understand one of his wide receivers was Antonio Brown. However, um, they did draft Deontay Johnson to be kind of a replacement for him. And in 2018, when he was healthy for the whole season, there was only a 0.3% differential between the wide receiver one and the wide receiver two. It was like 24.6 and 24.9 of, of your volume. So even if they get close, you're looking at Juju Smith-Schuster and most likely DeAndre Johnson, considering James Washington is still trying to get past his 42% catch completion uh, from 2018. So Ooh. I think it's going to be Deontay Johnson. Look it up. Mm. Just say and uh, I, I love that pick, too. On the tight ends, um, I got my eye on Blake Jarwin from Dallas. Um, I love Chris Herndon with New York with New York Jets. That's a good one. Um, again, I don't mind taking a shot at Dan Arnold. His camp has been unbelievable, and you can get him for free. So if you have a big enough bench, why not? Hang on to him just in case. Uh, but there's – oh, my gosh, there's so many. Philip Lindsay, I think you can get pretty late, too. I worry about the Melvin Gordon sustainability. He has not played a full 16 games in two years. He cannot handle the Denver altitude. He's having a serious problem with that, which I 100% get because uh, this girl right here cannot handle the altitude either. <laughs> Hate it. Uh, my trip to Colorado was ab- abject misery the whole time. I thought I was having kidney failure. It was terrible. Um, and Philip Lindsay is an explosive playmaker and he wants to show everyone that he deserves to be in the NFL as an undrafted free agent. And he doesn't care what coaches, teammates or defenses are in his way. He wants to make a splash in the NFL. So I really like Philip Lindsay too. Um, and Melvin Gordon plays hard. He plays hard. He plays aggressive. And, um, who knows what's going to happen with him with a lot of these soft tissue issues that we've been seeing because of the abbreviated offseason, no OTAs, no preseason. Um, we're seeing a lot of these soft tissue injuries that could keep these guys off the field. So your de facto right there is going to be Philip Lindsay. Another one is Matt Breida from Miami Dolphins. Speaking of injury prone, Jordan Howard has that kind of a risk as well. Uh, between the tackles runner guy, just line of scrimmage, ground and pound, Owie gets hurt. Matt Breed is good. He's explosive. 49ers loved him. Unfortunately, he's not there anymore. But yeah, that's right off the top of my head. That's who it is. Like I said, I have a lot. So at me, at Stepmom Lauren on Twitter, um, hit me up. I will give you an entire list. Or you can go to my website. I have lots of things on there too. <laughs> lots Love of things. <laughs> can, I, can I put a public service announcement out there? Because I'm going to say something that's going to absolutely blow your mind. So I was writing our week one waiver wire column uh, today. It's coming out Thursday. I just sent it to our patrons. And so I 
have a, a method where I refuse to put a player that is over 30% owned by waiver wire column. Mm-hmm. Just refuse because I want it to be players. I want you to have a list of players that you can pick up. According to ESPN's owned rosters, Anthony Miller is only 30% owned. That is horrendous. I bet he was going to be another one of my wide receivers late. Where no. That's ridiculous. Why like, is he, he is... not drafted? I, this is what I mean. I'm putting it on a public service announcement. If you are in a draft this weekend, draft Anthony Miller. Like, just draft him. Especially as David Montgomery is not going to be playing for the first couple of weeks. They're not running the ball. Like, and, they're not uh, running the ball. Alan Robinson no. is also banged up. Oh, is I he? Mean, like, when yeah. did that happen? Uh, I, I heard it on a podcast. I listened to seven podcasts today, so I can't remember which one. I think, were... he's, I think he's probably going to be okay, but he, yeah, he did take it's... a bit of a knock. And, and Precautionary, I get it. Yeah, exactly. So, but Anthony Miller, this is the first season he's coming into the league where he's actually healthy. He's and not... he's he is getting off of his surgery, but I think what's yeah. really most important here is he has recognized that he needs to grow in his maturity as a wide receiver. So mm. during his rehab, um, he and the wide receivers coach actually went through tape on Odell Beckham Jr., uh, DeAndre Hopkins, um, Antonio Brown, watching how they play. Um, he also went through a whole bunch of footage on Michael Jordan just to see what it's like to be an elite athlete. He's really trying to mentally get himself developed enough where he can make an impact in the NFL, which I think is even more telling than just, yeah. okay, he's he's a good player and he's fast and he's got good routes. No, I want to see him be mentally ready to go crush it because that's the only way you're going to bounce back. But I do have another one from the Bengals. I want to bring up whenever you're ready. Yeah. I, I, and I, I, that's what I mean. Like Anthony Miller is a player that you want to take and should be taking. So Love him. I've been getting him in like the 12th round. It's just mental. It's crazy. Like, yeah. It's just take Anthony Miller. You won't regret it, especially the first couple of weeks. The matchups are really good. Um, and yeah, he'll get a load of work. So he's someone you should be stashing. But who's the Bengals take then? So I AJ actually Green. wrote an. Uh, AJ uh, Green. No. Oh. no, it's because of AJ Green is why I'm oh. taking the third one. Here is going to be Tyler Boyd. Yes. So with the the thing with Tyler Boyd is that when AJ Green was off the field, Tyler Boyd cannot be a sustainable wide receiver one. He doesn't create the kind of separation that a true wide receiver one needs to create in order to be productive on the field. So when AJ Green was healthy, Tyler Boyd was explosive, very similar to a Juju Smith-Schuster type deal with Antonio Brown. He needed to stay in the slot. He meaning Juju Smith-Schuster in order to be productive. The Steelers are now fixing this issue, but with a true uh, WR1, wide receiver one, and A.J. Green, if he can stay healthy and on the field, I want my chips with Tyler Boyd. Um, he His success first man and route, according to Matt Harmon, dropped like 7 to 10% from the, with A.J. Green as opposed to without A.J. Green. I really like Joe Burrow. Um, I think that they're going to come out firing, and I – I want every share of him I can get because he is very inexpensive in a draft and I want to hang on to that piece. And I think he is going to be the piece to own in that offense for redraft. So what you're saying is in a roundabout way, all our takes need to be correct in order for them all to flourish. Because if AJ Green isn't there, Tyler Boyd doesn't go too well. You also have T Higgins too. So there are some options that can draw coverage. Last year, they were not. So Auden Tate is another one that I really like. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot more weapons out there right now that defenses are going to need to scheme around. Um, but having having AJ Green on the field, I think, is the most necessary part of Tyler Boyd's production. So yes, I like that he's healthy. I would not recommend drafting him. 
But if you do, it's okay. But I would prefer Tyler Boyd. On that point, I'm going to make a really hot take here after doing a lot of research over the last couple of days that Cincinnati Bengals DST will be a top 12 scoring DST in fantasy football this year. (laughs) That is spicy. I like it, though. Just telling you now, their defense, they're going to be a top half defense in all stati- in most statistical columns in the NFL this season. And I see them being a top 12 fantasy defense and you can get them for free. Yeah, Steelers too. I think the Steelers defense is going to be pretty unbelievable. Yeah, but people are drafting them in the ninth round. So. Oh, are they really? I'm not in any mocks with defenses, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're getting, they're getting priced Stupid out. Oh, are they? Well, yeah. never mind then. Even even Pitsy drafting him in like the twelfth round of an eighteen round draft. He's a homer though. He is a Steelers fan, so doesn't matter. Uh, no excuse for it. I'm calling it out, Pitsy. <laughs> you shame you on own you. the book. Yeah, shame on you. Like, what are you doing? Don't take a defense. Take the Bengals for free. They're not going to be that far off. Um, <laughs> right, because it is draft weekend this weekend. You've got your drafts prepped. Give us a couple of tips for people listening as to what they need to do to crush their draft this this uh, you know this weekend, other than putting the notifications on for Stepmom Lauren on Twitter. Okay, do you guys have your book handy that you can raise up and show to the masses? Uh, have twenty seconds. Have that handy. <laughs> have that handy. So it's resources like that that help you avoid what we call the draft tilt. And if anyone is new to fantasy football, maybe they don't understand what this term means. It means when you have your heart set on a player and they get drafted, usually it's like one spot before you're next up, and then you're like, no. I can't. And then you make the most horrible decision in your very next round and you draft someone absolutely asinine. And it was the wrong decision to make. So having it like a a tier-based ranking system Hmm. where you have groups of positions, right? So you have your wide receiver one tier, wide receiver two tier, and there's a bunch of players that fall into these tiers. If you miss out on your guy, you can have someone that's supposed to projected to have similar type of production so that you don't freak out when you're on your draft. So having that kind of a tiered-based ranking is always good. Um, that's like my number one big thing. Number two, don't get hammered. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just maybe like sip and then have water. What I do, what I do is I buy shots for everyone in the bar. And then I pretend to take mine and pour it out in a cup. And I bribe the bartender to not let anybody know. And she will like dump it out for me. That's what I do. So I get everyone else hammered and I'm fine. I'm totally fine with that too. Subterfuge during draft is okay, but not in trades. Only in draft. That's good. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think the number one thing overall, fantasy football is meant to be fun. So have fun at your draft. Um, you know, trash talk is always part of it, but don't be hateful. Don't be hurtful. Um, if you have someone new in your league, for example, if you have a lady in your league, um, I actually just got a message on Twitter. He said he really wants to get his wife into fantasy. She has agreed to do it. He does not know what to do. He's terrified. He's like, I don't know. How how do I act? What do I say? And I'm like, here's what you do. And I was like, have her message me. I will totally help her out this year. But it's that, like, give some encouragement. This is supposed to be fun. It's the whole point of this is, sure, maybe you could win a little bit of money out of it if you have cash leagues. But it's really about making connections with your friends and having something to talk about other than what you normally do. Because it's football. It is super fun. 100%. What about draft snacks? You got There's got to be one thing that you take in with your Tito's for a draft snack, right? I never eat during a draft. I have like a fear that I'm going to get like chicken wing sauce all over my phone or on my computer. 
and it haunts me. So I don't eat. I eat before and I eat after. So we having the homely draft at our house. We do every year, and I am having uh, bratwurst and burgers, a pasta mm-hmm. bake, and like my neighbor's making some jalapeno poppers, which are delicious. Also, mm-hmm. a, probably a homemade spinach artichoke dip. So like some fingers snacks, some hors d'oeuvres, uh, as my mom calls them. To be joking, whores ovaries, the hors d'oeuvres. And then uh, French fries are always a good one. Something not too salty, uh, but nothing that's too messy for the fingers. I don't like finger messy because I don't want to get it all over my phone and my screen or all, all over my cheat sheets. And I'm like, oh, I can't. There's buffalo sauce all over my wide receivers. What am I going to do? Not fun. So I don't eat during a draft. Before and after. It, the struggle is real. I am like, I'm, when I have a blank piece of paper, I plan out what I'm going to write on it. And my handwriting has to be perfect or I will throw it away and start again. I am very particular when it comes to paper. So, no, I get very upset when things mar the surface of my research. So I've learned two things from this. The first one is that that was a pro tip. Yep. And not only that, <laughs> if you are in a live draft with Lauren, just walk past her on the way to the buffet table and spill a little buffalo sauce on her paperwork and you're done. I come Game prepared over. with three copies. <laughs> I have a folder in my bag with three copies of my tiered rankings. So if they get messy, trash, pick out my other ones. And Lemon always have a pen handy so that you can write notes down, scratch it off. Oh, another tip too. Have your like, I know they have it on every draft. You can like go to your roster or whatever. Have that separate and write down quarterback, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, running back, tight end, defense, kicker, whatever it is that you have and fill those out and always have it easily just to look to the side and see it so you don't have to worry about switching around your screen and then freaking out because now you only have 15 seconds to go back and find your player. And, oh, my God, there's no one in the queue. Just write it down. You'll be yep. good. And, and my, a good tip I like for cheat sheets is if you have a cheat sheet, make sure you cross off players who are drafted on it, not just keep looking at it because otherwise you'll Correct. still think players are there. Like I take – Lamar Jackson yeah. in the seventh round. Like, no. <laughs> he gone. He gone. <laughs> I love it. There's so many. I would say I have two that I think are not talked about very often that I find very helpful. One, when you're getting to the end of the draft, say like the last couple of rounds, you can pretty much tell that people are taking their kickers, their DSTs couple of late round flies have a list of people that you were planning to take in those next couple of rounds and any ones that are left over star them and put them in a watch list because you're clearly Ooh. into those players for a reason um and just keep an eye on your watch list for before the season week one because if you set your watch list at the end of your draft especially this time of year it's going to be so much easier to go and do your waivers like you have those people in your thinking anyway so it's just the next step to just go and put it into a watch list i like so it. that's that's the first one the other one is whatever you do always 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 start a rumor so i always in a draft drop, this is on my level so i draw Speak i drop to a, me i drop a real piece of news that people might not be aware of um I so i'll mention stop. something like like no, david stop. montgomery's injury well <laughs> You're giving away your one of your hugest weapons in a draft here. I did this with Ezekiel Elliott last year. But they won't know which one's real. So they'll either question all of it, and then what they'll do is they'll not listen and draft the player thinking I'm lying, which is great. Or they'll listen to the advice, and I'll get the player I want in the place. But anyway, I drop a fake rumor. And it's always about a player that's 
not overly important. Like, I wouldn't have the balls to go with a Zeke Elliott because I don't think it would work. But I would go with someone like a... I wasn't lying, though. It was in his like, contract holdout. Like a Robert Woods or... <laughs> no, you're, like Robert you're Woods. not dropping news on Robert Woods. Or um, at Marquise Brown, AJ Brown. Mm. Those are the sorts of play that that sort of level where you can get away with it and it doesn't look like you're trying to steal a player. So, like... I, I like this. I like this because in my draft last year, my bar league draft, like made up of older gentlemen and then me, <laughs> yay, <laughs> we went to the draft and I was third and we drafted a little early. It was like towards the end of August, just because of the way time ha- we just couldn't get all together except for that weekend. And it was before Zeke had really come to terms with what was going on in Dallas. And it was, you know, Jerry Jones saying Zeke who and all this kind of crap. <laughs> so I made sure to remind everybody, don't forget Zeke's holding out, blah, blah, blah. And then we just kind of went over some news. So I made sure to tell everybody to remind them Zeke is holding out. So I drafted third. I got Alvin Kamara, George Kittle, and Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> he dropped all the way to the third. I'm like, this That's is brilliant. Amazing. Note <laughs> to self, do this again. So I Alvin Kamara that. is holding out for contract reasons, guys. I don't know if you heard that. Did you hear anything about that? No, I don't know. no. They're, they're being very hush-hush about it, so I'm a little yeah. worried. And Joe yeah, Mixon's wanna... got migraines, so just saying. Yeah, oh, good. He, he deserves them. Karma's a biatch. Get out of here, Joe Mixon. Oh, on that note, we should probably wrap it up. But this has been an absolute, <laughs> an absolute pleasure as always. Um, why don't you tell for the probably the one person who hasn't heard of you listening to this podcast? Um, next time, do we have to book you through your agent that you're going to have <laughs> the next time we speak? I just want to make it clear, like the protocol, or can we still use the DMs? Like, you can definitely message me. You guys are like my family, of course, and I don't have I'm an agent. <laughs> I don't need yeah, an agent. Yeah, but you are. That's my. That's my. That's my prediction. By the end of the season, you'll have a fantasy football agent. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. Oh my gosh, no! But you guys can all find me on social media platforms. At Stepmom Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N. I am way more responsive on Twitter, just full disclosure. Um, all of my work for Fantasy Pros, the Fantasy Footballers, and then soon to be Roto World. Um, actually, I already have one out there. So currently, Roto World is on my website, which is stepmomlauren.com. So come say hi. I love talking fantasy football. And if you're not a nice person, I'll just block you. So you know, I'm not worried about it. Absolutely smashing stuff. Lauren, do you have a copy of our Fantasy Football Playbook? Did Murphy I do. Have- Marvelous I stuff. do. I was, I was going to say, if you don't have one, we will get one over to you, but you do. So. Mine is digital. I think I got one of the very first copies, gentlemen. You, you really did. And on top of that, I have some breaking news. Oh my God, Murph, stop. And I genuinely have a step... Look, spoiler alert. Stepmom Lauren is doing all of our noise drops for the upcoming season. Don't know if you know that, Murph, but she's got a breaking news. Oh, is it news. good enough? Yeah, the breaking news one is in. The okay. Murph on the Streets one is in. I do need you to do me a just general news one, but we can chat in the DMs later on. Okay. But I'm going to slide it in here for a uh, exclusive Murph. Hit the breaking news button. Uh... Guys, stop. It's breaking news. Joe Mixon's just agreed a new four-year contract per Adam Schefter. Guess his headache's gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll cure it. There's nothing like chucking a few millions at people just to get their headaches to go away. Mm, so I, I thought we just mentioned it. Yeah, just dropped his name. It's literally just come through on my phone. He has agreed a new four-year contract. Okay. Don't have an idea on the money. So I, I have one more special announcement, and that is purely because Lauren asked me to go and get a book. Lauren got one of the first copies of Digital. I had a few copies of Hardback printed, which are right here. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the actual. They've got unique artwork for each title page and uh we've got two left so murph and i are going to sign them and we're going to get them out if you are interested in a hardback 
hit us up on Twitter and uh, we, we can get talking about the, the hardback to you. There are only two left. So if you want one signed by Murph and I, get in quick. Oh, also too, uh, for, if anyone's interested in the women of fantasy football that myself and Faith are hosting, our final show is this Wednesday. It starts at 7 p.m. Central Time here in the United States. Uh, it's going to be super fun. Uh, we've got Sam Holt. We also have Brandon Marion Lee, who's going to be with us. So it's awesome. But we have really cool giveaways. One of them is a signed Kitty Galladay jersey. Another one is a signed bottle of Tito's from me, which oh. is weird. But yeah, you can get a signed bottle of Tito's, which is super exciting. Um, if I mean, just it's it's an awesome uh, fundraiser we're doing. It's for the Women uh, Sports Foundation. It's just helping. This foundation helps women get into sports of any kind, playing sports, reporting on sports, talking about sports, all all sorts of sports related things for women. So it's very it's very pressing. It's very fun, and we usually have a great time. And if you guys don't know this by now, I'm always off topic. That's like my Indian name is speaks off topic. So we just laugh pretty much for two and a half hours. It's great. Amazing stuff. The first couple, oh, they are Club pretty... Fantasy FFL. My bad. Club That's Fantasy it. FFL. Um, their YouTube channel. So go go check them out. I was going to drop that if you didn't. I know who they are. They're a great bunch of people who are working over there, and uh, they've put on a brilliant thing. It's got a lot of attention, and it is great. I need to watch the, uh, a couple of the recent ones, but definitely listen to the first couple. On it. Yeah, Mark They're Sessler pretty... tweeted out a picture of he his did. son watching us. I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. But it's it's so much fun. We have such a blast. It's 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 really cool. Thank you, guys. Yeah, you you and Faith need to keep that podcast going. Oh, we or at will. least start your own new one or whatever. Something it's, like it's that. Awesome. <laughs> well, talking of having a blast, this has been an absolute nuclear detonation today, Rush Nation. Lauren, it's been an absolute pleasure having you back. Hopefully, you can uh, carve out time with your agent to come back for another 40 to an hour and a half whenever you you are welcome whenever you want to come back i love being on this podcast y'all you, you don't even have to ask just make sure i'm awake i'll be like yeah i'm there <laughs> perfect awesome. stuff murph this has been a pleasure mate as always tuesdays are the best day of the week lauren we will chat soon rush nation it's nine days till football let's get excited and until then as always don't forget keep rushing live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.